Hello and welcome to Money and Cannabis. I am your host, Desert Fox. Wherever you are and however you are listening to us, we thank you. This is going to be a bumpy, crazy ride tonight. Cannabis and money. We're going to make some connections. I'm not even sure you would ever thought about it. This is going to be a fun show. It's going to be an enlightening show. And hopefully some good comes out of it. Like I said earlier, if you make any money, I'll let you boy. On that note, let's start the show. So cannabis conundrum. Foxy lady, it's four limbs on the beat. Sometimes I can't think, I don't need a drink. I run to my jaw, pull out nugs, let them stink. G4 gas, now my high lasts mad long. Pulling out my iPhone, trying to hear my song. Cannabis conundrum, Desert Fox, Foxy lady. Got that new podcast, and it's popping something crazy. Maryland the AZ. CBD, THC, turning up your show when I blow on a sticky tree. You ain't heard of me, shots of D shot radio. Got the theme song for the homies, they gon' play it, yo. Cannabis can none, showing love like it's nothing. Going out to the heads in the pot who be puffing. All that loud pack goes good with that rap ish. Cannabis conundrum got it wrapped in the package. Only smoke strong, say no to the bad Cannabis conundrum got it wrapped in the package. I'm a love bud till I'm snug in my casket. Cannabis conundrum got it wrapped in the package. The Iron Lung Brung Boss, but with magic. Cannabis Conundrum Podcast is fantastic. The cannabis company, Columbia Care, is rolling out a credit card for customers to use in its dispensaries, creating a new payment option for clientele that has largely, well, all we can use is cash. Credit card companies, just like banks, are in no hurry to get involved in the legal cannabis industry. Why? Well, it's still federally illegal, and they don't want to get caught up in that until it's legal at the federal level. I mean, other states, Arizona has made efforts to try and make a similar credit card, but it's, it's a prepaid card. It's no less hassle than getting money out of the ATM, <laughs> which every dispensary has an ATM. Columbia Care, who has a dispensary in Jefferson Park neighborhood, has been testing this credit card in New York and plans to roll it out this month in Illinois, said CEO Nicholas Vita. Patients spend an average of $144 per visit at the Chicago dispensary. We have an industry where people have to use debit cards at an ATM or have cash on hand to make a purchase. It's like it's 1974. We've seen what happened when we introduced access to this capital. And it has a huge impact on giving patients access to products they need and products they want. According to Vita, Patrons will fill out a form on a tablet in the dispensaries to get qualified. The process is fast and typically customers will be able to use their credit card to make a purchase on the same visit. I mean, that's pretty cool. I I even admit it's pretty cool, but at what cost? How much are we going to have to pay for this? Well, Columbia Care is working with financial institutions and other intermediaries in each of the 12 states it operates in, plus Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. on the credit cards. Vita declined to disclose the company's local partner. The cards do not have fees, but an annual percentage rate for Illinois users will be 15.99%. Excuse me, but isn't that still a fee? Anyways, the national average annual percentage rate is 17.73% according to creditcards.com. 
And at New York dispensaries that tested the credit card, customers bought 18% more per dispensary visit when paying with credit. That means people can buy larger quantities and come in less frequently. A perk for patients whom traveling is difficult for and customers traveling long distances to the dispensary. However, if it's anything like Arizona, you do have an allotment and you cannot get anything more than you're allowed. And if you go to an ATM, you can only take out so much money. If you go in and have cash in your wallet, well, you really can't do much more than that. Vita also said that if customers are able to use a credit card to buy marijuana just like they would any other product, they'll get used to buying the drug. And customers who purchase cannabis for medical purposes typically spend between $120 and $195 per visit, said Chris Stone, the CEO of Ascend Illinois. The total amount spent varies each week and throughout the state. But once Illinois dispensaries start selling recreational marijuana on January 1st, the price per visit will likely increase. Since dispensaries in Springfield and in Collinsville accept cash and debit cards, the company has also been searching for the right mechanism to accept credit cards, but hasn't found it. Why are you mad, bro? You can't handle the black man? And like I said earlier, other solutions for processing cannabis sales do exist, but they're not so widespread and they've been controversial at times. Earlier this month, a cannabis delivery company sued one of its competitors in California, alleging that the way it processes payments commits wire and bank fraud. Wow. In other cases, payments have been processed offshore or in ways that bypass traditional credit card processing. For example, a dispensary may let the customer buy a gift card with their credit card and then use that gift card to purchase the cannabis. Or the dispensary purchase might show up on your statement as a flower shop purchase. Well, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, isn't that what it is? <laughs> Some companies are rolling out ways to make electronic payments. Hawaii dispensaries started asking customers to download a Colorado-based payment app, CanPay, and that happened in 2017. Customers used their checking accounts to pay through the app, which transferred the money to the account the dispensary set up at Colorado Credit Union. See, we're resourceful like that. <laughs> a California-based company called Zodaka is also working on a way to roll out its bank-to-bank -bank payment platform in its dispensaries. This has always been an issue plagued by the cannabis industry, said Morgan Fox, spokesman for the National Cannabis Industry Association. Since people have been looking for viable alternatives, people have been trying to fill the gap in lieu of a better federal policy. At the end of the day, we need a better federal policy. Another one. We say it all the time on the show, but the biggest cannabis conundrum is that cannabis itself is still federally illegal. It's illegal on the federal level. It's Schedule 1, which means traditional, meaning federally regulated banks, they're not allowed to touch cannabis money. In even the two-thirds of the country where it's legal at the state level, the traditional banks still can't fuck with you because it risks criminal prosecution for things like money laundering, aiding and abetting. That shit's a federal crime. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. But think about it. This kind of business that's doing that kind of money, all in cash, it's a dangerous endeavor. Have you ever really thought about how big those piles must get at a dispensary? 
Not to mention administrative headaches. I mean, trying to process things like, I don't know, paying your employees, trying to pay vendors, any kind of audit, all with cash. Just think about that. And in any moment, who knows who could come running in, you know? If you've ever been to a dispensary, security is usually not all that great standing out front. <laughs> there are all sorts of, I mean, safety issues around a dispensary, and especially when that has to deal in cash. For the cannabis business owner, this results in a lot of cash being stored in backroom safes, transported in backpacks, or used for payroll each Friday. <laughs> The presence of so much cash, well, it paints a large target on the storefront, doesn't it? I would think if I was a thief, that would be easy money. In fact, a 2015 study conducted by Wharton found one in every two cannabis dispensaries were robbed or burglarized, with the average thief taking away anywhere from 20 grand to $50,000. Picture being the small business owner providing ancillary services to a cannabis business. From printing business cards to keeping the lights on. Divide that between state and federal law that has turned them into money launderers, simply for accepting payment for goods or services. Consequently, it also puts them at risk of losing bank or credit union accounts, which would severely hamper their ability to write checks, to cover payroll, to pay their taxes, to run their freaking business. This is not a cannabis industry conundrum. This ripples everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. So allegedly, Congress has a way to address and fix that will improve safety and go easy on the small business owners in America. The Secure and Fair Enforcement, or SAFED Banking Act, would ensure that states and territories that have legalized cannabis can keep their communities safe. Collecting their taxes, regulating the markets effectively while Congress grapples the broader question about national drug policy. This legislation would protect banks and credit unions that would like to offer products and services to state legal cannabis businesses and provide assurance and legal clarity while removing vulnerability. Everybody wants to do it. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. There was recent news of the Senate's first ever hearing on cannabis banking. It took place about a month ago. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, well, we'll see what else we can get into. This is Cannabis and Money, here on this is Skunky with Skunky Crafts, and you're listening to Cannabis Conundrum. From our humble oasis in the heart of the desert, you are listening to Cannabis Conundrum. Would you like to be a part of the show? You can. Call us at area code 575-914-2444. Again, that's 575-914-2444. From the heart of the desert. Cannabis conundrum we'll be right back here in arizona we have a few of them that are competing i think my favorite is called hyper h-y-p-u-r it's simple pay straight from your bank account no prepaid account let alone a prepaid card 
No cryptocurrency, no weird cashback transactions. It's free. No hidden fees, no transaction fees, no monthly fees. Signing up only takes a couple of minutes. It's legit. It's not a workaround payment scheme that works sporadically or relies on shady middlemen or an offshore account or an account at a bank in Denver. <laughs> no, you walk in, you use your PIN number, and it detects it straight from your account. Simple. Only, not everybody seems to accept Hyper yet. So we're working on that. From what I can tell, Hyper is available everywhere in the United States. So what are you waiting for? Get legit. Don't be shady. Be transparent with Hyper. Visit Hyper.com for more. The cannabis industry is up in smoke after Canopy Growth announced its co-CEO Bruce Linton was stepping down. On what Wednesday, I spoke with Bruce on Squawk Box right after dude. this announcement. Let me get this on the phone. Hello? Bruce, hey. It's Desert Fox. Man, I just saw some shit on the news that said that you stepped down from Canopy. I... Effective immediately. That... You, you got to tell me that's some fake shit, right? Well, I, I, I think stepping down might not be the right phrase, right? What, what um, on November 1, we closed uh, $5 billion, $4 U.S. billion uh, for about 17% of the company. And a condition of that closing was the board had uh, to be reconfigured. What the fuck, dude? Uh, about eight months and two days later, uh, I think the board had decided they wanted a different chair and a different co-CEO, so I'm out uh, effective immediately, and uh, there's a search to uh, replace the transitioning co-CEO. So wait a second. The report I saw said that you had stepped down from your position and from the board. You got terminated, didn't you? They fired you. I, I was terminated. I can't believe they fucking fired you. There's a lot of words for it. So what happens next? I mean, you're a fucking boss when it comes to raising capital in Canada. You are the damn market. You have been for several years. I know you have a trick up your sleeve, Bruce. Spill it. Well, I, I'm a, I've already gone to Costco and filled one car up with gas this morning. I got a long list of important stuff like that to do, and I would hope by the end of the day, um, I've figured out what's up next. And it won't be in cannabis in Canada, but there's a pretty big world out there. I feel like I should put you on the clock real quick. You know I'm recording this phone call. Um, I feel like everybody was shocked today. Uh, investors, analysts, watchers. I, that a lot of people are stunned that that happened. So, I mean, what happened? Did you have a differing future vision than they had? So I think the company is in great shape because we did a couple of things. One is when we hired really great people, we loaded them up with long-term employee stock option programs. So uh, there's a bunch of great people that are going to continue to work through. The transition will be uh, a bit odd um, because nobody, including me, was necessarily expecting it. Um, but I do think that we have this IP-driven global rolling force that is going to be the dominant player. And um, from my perspective, I'm pretty upbeat today, not because of being terminated, but because in six years to create something that's got 4,000 people in 16 countries and the market cap that's touched 20 billion, that's been a productive period of time. Um, and so I, I think it's actually going to be the dominant company, and I'm wearing my tweed shirt today because uh, I still feel that. I mean, all right, so you were credited with inventing 
the consolation investment and your consolation prize ends up being some fancy boxes to pack your shit up in. I guess I would not be surprised if you were not thrilled with the direction they want to take effectively your company. Yeah, um, I think the direction they want to take it will be determined. I'm not, uh, I don't know how material it will change instantly or anything. But, you know, when we looked at this, both Mark and I assessed the circumstance, and it was our view in August when we were announcing that it was really important for the company we take the $5 billion because otherwise Constellation, who is a very powerful company, may have decided that they would uh, put other ores in the water. And this made them 100% fully structurally integrated, no other options but cannabis. When you, when you bring in a big check and you change the board, unless you're like uh, living in la-la land, there's always some perceived risk, but it would have been worse for the company if we didn't do that. I agree 100%. Without risk, there is no reward. And Bruce, thank you. We appreciate you coming on to our show. Today, CGC, or Canopy Growth Company, has a market value of $9.3 billion. Helped by a huge investment from Constellation Brands and control of a big chunk of Canada's recreational weed market, it has struck up partnerships with celebrities and found new ways to enter the U.S. market. But after the departure we mentioned earlier, when Mr. Bruce Linton was fired, Bruce was the guy who helped engineer many of these games that we're talking about. In a series of weak quarters, he made these games. Is Canopy worth buying today? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. In June, Canopy was called the best investable opportunity in the industry saying that the pot company was ahead of their rivals in building an infrastructure to serve cannabis legal market. And that's a key point. There is no infrastructure. They ran out of cannabis. The people ultimately went back to the black market, but is that a sign that Canopy's not doing their job? I don't think it is. We would estimate that the company shipped around a third of all recreational cannabis to Canada's promises from the fourth quarter of last year through the first quarter of this year, Aurora came in second on that front with about 17%. Organigram came in third, <laughs> roughly 11%. But there's a lot of room for improvement there. Good show, guys. Still, Canopy's EPS rating, which if you don't know what an EPS rating is, it's a growth scale designed to measure your profit growth. On a scale of 1 to 99, a possible worst being 1, well, that's what Canopy ranked in their earning growth, as earnings growth is a hallmark of top stocks. Like other big marijuana producers, Canopy is losing money as it invests in domestic and international expansion. I mean, Uber does it. A lot of companies do it today. They lose money to gain market dominance, don't they? Canopy's right there. They do too. Canopy believes that the payoff from these investments will make up for the losses. The analysts see Canopy's growth per share shrinking 81% for fiscal 2020 and 34 cents per share in 2021. But see, this is a new market and there is no infrastructure. Guess who's building it? Canopy growth is. Put that fucking shit in your pipe and smoke it. Oh, and did I mention that Bruce Linton, just a couple days ago, bought a bunch more shares from the company 
that just fired him? Hmm. I'm not saying trust me. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even think I'm saying trust Bruce, but... But seriously, you all, I think you should trust me. Because after all, the railroad didn't work until the tracks were laid. And you gotta think about it like this. Canada is the railroad that don't work yet because the tracks are still being put down. They didn't lose any money. They just didn't gain as much as they wanted. You're absolutely right. They did not lose any money. So shouldn't, shouldn't we use our better judgment? Everything is gonna be alright. Cannabis Conundrum. We'll be right back. Hey, Cannabis Conundrum. This is Mr. Bradley from Heated Waves. I just figured I'd stop in and tell you guys that you do an incredible job. Uh, love the love the episodes. I love the Instagram stuff. I'm always on there liking stuff, supporting, helping you guys out. I just, you know, you got to do that thing for friends and, and, and anchor friends. So uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Who doesn't love smoking a little herb every once in a while? And if you don't, eh, you know, more power to you. But at the same time, man, you're missing out on life. So tune into Canada's Conundrum. Gosh, that's a, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> but uh, I hope you guys are doing well. And um, keep up the good work. I'm always liking and listening as much as I possibly can. So come on by and uh, send some uh, people our way as well. Have a great day. Hello and welcome back. So... On the break, we had a lot of things that we were going to come back with. We were going to come back with Aurora. We were going to come back with Cureleaf. We were going to come back with all these stats and reasons why it's not all that bad. And it's definitely not as bad as it looks. I've decided not to do that. Because I think that when I get into the technicalities and the numbers and some things that are important to say, it all comes back to framework. The framework needs to be put in. It's being put in. It's being put in very quickly. Um, not as quickly as some would hope, but there's a lot of rules and regulations and there's a lot of people still trying to figure this out. The government's still trying to figure it out. The companies are still trying to figure it out. The ones laying the groundwork, the ones putting down the railroad ties, when they're done, they're gonna be able to ride in trains, they're gonna be able, everything's gonna go a lot faster. So, I mean, we can skim the numbers real quick. The story that I was going to tell you about was Aurora, because their big story in 2019 was similar to Canopy's, but Canopy's was a bigger splash. They burned the hell out of money at a rate of approximately 320 million a quarter Canadian. That includes investing in cash flow from operations, assuming that that were to continue, that means the company is going to finance about 430 million Canadian annually. But how long do they have to do that? Because so far, the company has had no problems raising capital. And it's going to continue to change. The situation is going to get brighter and brighter the faster these companies get their groundwork in, get their feet, you know, solid footing, solid foundation, solid company, solid industry. This is a brand new industry. And it's not even finished yet. Things are changing every single day. This isn't the same market it was a week ago, let alone a year ago. It's going to stabilize. And I say go with your heart. And, and if you're going to do your research, do the research on where are they spending their money. Are they going to get return? Absolutely, they're going to get return. 
another one. Cure leave, I think, is another one that we really need to pay attention to. Kronos is, is a big one. They were in the first, along with Canopy and Aurora. But Cure leaf is sneaking in and taking over. They're probably the largest, in my opinion, in the United States. Things seem to come across my desk every single day about Cure leaf. They just opened uh, Port Charlotte's largest medical cannabis dispensary, and they actually called it a medical cannabis center. It's like a mall. It's ginormous. And five hours later, their stock went up 8%. <laughs> Cureleaf is slowly but surely buying up everything. I think they have the most dispensaries in the United States. And that's in multiple states, which is a big deal. Because here in Arizona, it's actually Harvest that's the biggest. But I don't think that's going to last very long. They just entered into, last week, a $28 million sale with leaseback. <laughs> but they were also recently fined $250,000 for not asking permission. <laughs> they failed to disclose a change of ownership. They didn't ask permission from state legislators before completing their transaction. The agreement, signed Thursday by the Commission and Curalief, reads, In assessing this fine against the respondent, the Commission acknowledges that the respondent's violation was the result of the respondent's good faith but mistaken interpretation of the Commission's regulations. The respondent has fully cooperated with the Commission's investigation and that the respondent has accepted responsibility. I think that they were wrong, but I can understand why they were acting in good faith. <laughs> See? It is important. You should hear about it. I don't know if you should hear about it here, but you should hear about it. Some of it, it's just boring. When you get down into the nuts and bolts, I want to give you guys a fun show. Something you enjoy. Informative, yes. But how informative? See, the Foxes believe that we can give you that story. With everything you need to know from it. Like tonight. We got to the nuts and bolts of it. It all comes back to the same premise. Framework. And we got that point across, didn't we? Without any of the boring stats. Which brings me to my next point, because I know, I, I feel really bad about it, but it's been three months since the last episode of Cannabis Conundrum, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it, it might be three more. It might not, I don't know. What I do know is that if you stay tuned in, the next episode's gonna be a lot different. We're doing a lot of restructuring. We're working with people literally around the world right now to find a quicker, easier way to bring you Cannabis Conundrum. If we can't do that, this might be the last show. But I'm very confident that that's going to happen. So how does that make you feel? Call the show. 575-914-2444. Foxy, how does it make you feel? Overwhelmed. It is a little overwhelming. We love this show. We love both of our shows. We sincerely enjoy nerding out just so that you don't have to. It's hard. We used to have a lot of free time to do Cannabis Conundrum and Awesome Sauce Radio, and things have happened in our life that we just don't. I'm going to be honest with you right now. We get paid. I've probably made $50 in a year and a half of Cannabis Conundrum. <laughs> so it's not paying the bills. Aww. 
we need your help. I believe sincerely that if every one of the listeners donated $5 a month, we could probably, we could pay our bills. We could do a lot of things differently. We could definitely give you a better show that is more timely because I want to do this for a living. Foxy wants to do this for a living. So in the meantime, that means that it's kind of off season for us, but not really. We're involved in another podcast with other podcasters and we're gonna use that as an experimental playground, if you will. Don't get me wrong, it's gonna be a professional show. Some of the guys we're excited to work with. I mean, it's gonna be fun. And we will give you updates when we know. I mean, I know what the show is called right now, but it's not out yet. So if you go search for it, you'll be upset. (laughs) So as soon as it is out, we will come and let you know. Man, I'm with you, man. I hope that there's another Cannabis Conundrum episode soon. It will be a much different format. Are you excited? I'm a little excited. I echo Foxy Lady, though. It's a little overwhelming because we've put a lot of our own money into this show already, and (laughs) it's a little overwhelming. Is this the last Cannabis Conundrum? Fucking A, it better not be. So you're thinking to yourself, all right, I'm in. Where do I sign? Where do I have to go? Well, go to patreon.com forward slash cannabis conundrum. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash. If you don't want to spell cannabis, just go somewhere else. C-O-N-U-N-D-R-U-M. It feels good to come back out and talk to you guys. Man, we have missed you guys. You have no idea. Wherever you are, However you're listening, thank you. We love you. Have a great night, guys. Until next time, whenever that may be. Peace. Smoke weed every day. Heck yes. <laughs> Cannabis Conundrum is brought to you in part by Anchor.fm. Have a great idea for a podcast? Download Anchor app to get started. In part by Weed Perfect. Having a party? Your party can't be legit if we perfect didn't roll something for it. <laughs> and also in part by Skunky's Crafts. From 420 and 710 accessories to furniture. When you need it to last, you need Skunky's Crafts. Also brought to you by... Morning Drive Without Caffeine from Rashad Sadiq and Rashad Radio. The only podcast in the world with Black Daniels Beats. Nailed it.